0: Sometimes it's inevitable to give in. Sometimes that's the only way to begin. Sometimes hitting the ground with your face down is the only way. Sometimes that's how you finally feel okay.
1: Welcome to episode 26 of the Japan Distilled Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Pellegrini, recording in Tokyo, Japan, and with me as always in Fukuoka, Japan, is my co-host, Stephen Lyman. We're both certified shochu and awamori professionals, published authors, and we are really glad to have finished a full year of this podcast. We've been exploring the wonderful world of Japanese spirits for a combined three decades or maybe even longer, and are very excited to share them with you through this podcast.
2: Stephen, how you doing? Good evening, Christopher. I'm doing well as always, and I'm thrilled that we've reached a year. It's pretty remarkable when we look back and think about our false starts and everything that we made it this far and feel like we're just beginning. Season 1 is almost in the can. What will we'll
1: come in season 2, I guess we'll we, we may get into that a little bit later, but why don't we just cut to the chase? I mean, this is episode 26. We've dropped two a month, right? For Is that right? No, more than two to a month.
2: Yeah, every two weeks.
1: Two times 12 is 24. I learned that in grade school. <laughs> so that's a little more than two a month. And we are at the end of season one. We have been renewed for season two. We haven't been cut by the network yet. Do we have a network?
2: We're working on it. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll be mixing it up, I think, in the future. I think we'll have some extra voices on next season. We'll be trying some new things, but let's have a
2: bit of a debrief, you know? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, you and I are both college professors and we're all about evaluating performance, right? That's something we do regularly with our students. And so we want to really talk about what's worked, what hasn't, what could be better, what could be worse. Mm -hmm. But maybe before we do, let me give a little bit of background as I like to do. I really wanted to create this podcast. I've wanted to do a podcast on Japanese spirits for a long time, really, even before I wrote my book. I'm into podcasts. I enjoy them. I like the medium a lot. And I thought that it was an opportunity for you and I to do. And you'd already done some podcasting, so you really weren't interested (laughs) when I first brought it up. (laughs) Right. But, you know, I wore you down over a period of probably years. And it was really the beginning of the pandemic where uh, you said, all right, listen, if you write the scripts, somebody else does the editing and the show notes, and all I have to do is show up and record and be the talent, then I'll do it. (laughs) And and so we recorded some early episodes actually right at the beginning of the pandemic when we were in lockdown. And then as I tried to edit my first episode, I said, ah, we need an editor. Right. But I guess my question for you before we even get into the editing process and all of that is, why were you so hesitant to do a podcast Uh, or maybe uh, another podcast? (laughs) Uh, Put me on the spot. Okay. Uh, Let's see.
1: I guess to one extent or degree or another, I've been podcasting since about 2006. That was when I was kind of helping out a little bit with Trans-Pacific Radio which was a relatively popular or at least well-received Japanese politics-focused podcast. And that was kind of the beginning for me. And then we started the Tokyo Swallows podcast, which is still going to this day in various iterations. And then there was Sake on Air. And that's, of course, we're in our th- I think we've made it through our third anniversary recently, so we're we're in season four, I suppose, or year four. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of organizing, and it's a lot of time for an audience that you never meet and you're not really sure how into it they are, and you know that sort of thing and it's so it was just always kind of like, Wow, another one we're going to try we're gonna do this again in a new form. Uh, and probably the same result. But I did come around to it mostly because it, I felt like it was important to share a lot of the things that we were experiencing here in Japan with people outside of Japan. So there was way too much going
2: for creating the podcast than going against it. I think that's a fair overview of how your thinking evolved. And you have definitely devoted a lot of time and energy to podcasts. So I understand the hesitation. And you know, our audience is growing little by little. Uh, hopefully we'll continue to get discovered and hopefully we'll continue to provide value to to our listeners. Mm-hmm. But well, do you want to get this started? Maybe, you know, what do you think we could do better? What do you think? Any, like any missteps, any, anything you want to see improve in season two?
1: Oh, you want me to start? What?
2: No, no you, you start. This was your idea. <laughs> No, I, I don't really want to be the first one to criticize anything about our show. Do you, do you mind if I start?
0: Hello?
1: Hello, yeah. <laughs> go, um, hi, Rich. Yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, if you guys are going to have guests on your show in season two, you should probably introduce them from the top.
2: Yeah, you, you might be right about that.
0: Yeah, he's definitely not wrong. Um,
1: everyone, that voice you just heard is our incomparable and incorrigible. Audio editor Rich Pav, and we've invited him on the show today to give an unvarnished, or at least give a overview of some of the highlights, maybe even the lowlights of the past year, and give you a look at what goes on behind the scenes here at the Japan Distilled
0: Podcast. So, Rich, welcome to the show as our very first guest. Thank you very much. This is the first time I've been on a podcast in probably fifteen years as a guest. Woohoo! wow that's impressive i'm honored i i do other i do the uncanny japan podcast with terry and every so often i show up uh to give the sound effects as a tanuki or a demon or something like that (laughs) nice (laughs) what's
1: your what does your tanuki sound like (laughs) like
2: that (laughs) that's that's pretty good so, for everyone who enjoyed that, you might want to tune into the Uncanny Japan podcast.
0: Yes, the episode was called Tanuki Buttons. Nice, that's that's fun. Wow.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it actually, I think, was somewhat through the Uncanny Japan podcast that I uh, found you, Rich. I was, uh, as as I said, as I tried to do a little editing on my own, I realized it was way, way above my pay grade, and I uh, had been listening to Uncanny Japan. I really love. The um, You can explain it in audio technical terms, but the sort of aura or ambiance of that podcast where you, you're capturing the sounds of the seasons as she's telling these stories. And it's a really, really a beautiful way of doing doing audio. And, and when I put on Twitter that we were looking for an audio editor, your, yours was one of the first names that came up. And I didn't actually realize that you were on Twitter. Otherwise, I think I would have just reached out to you directly. <laughs> yeah, that was... You know, when we reached out to you and I think we had, what, a couple of Zoom calls, conversations back and forth, and it seemed like a good match.
0: Yeah, and it was a good, it was a good match. In the beginning, I had pretty much no interest whatsoever in Japanese spirits, but when I listened to your podcast, I'm like excited Hmm. that when you guys have a new podcast for me to edit because I get to list to it before anybody else. Sometimes it's really hard for me to not like tweet out something like, Oh my God, this is so interesting. I just learned this. And um, <laughs> I have to kind of like hold back until the episode actually comes out in a week or two. Yeah. We appreciate that <laughs> discretion. Huh. Well, that's very,
1: that's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you can maybe give everybody, we referred to a look behind the the curtain. What, What's the process like for editing a podcast and what are you focusing on? And I don't know, has it gotten any easier editing our podcast or
0: (laughs) is it still a pain in the ass? No, it's not. No, no, you guys, you don't have any really major crutches in the way that you speak. You're, you're, You're not the kind of people who overly, um, or have overly long pauses or, start and stop and do retakes and things like that. So you guys are pretty easy to do. It only takes me about three or four hours to do one episode. That's dedication. Only three or four hours. The first thing is I have to take the raw audio and denoise it, de-click it, uh, get rid of the, the sounds, the, those little tiny sounds that end up in the background. And that takes about an hour or so to run it through the, the whole. Thing And then also to sweeten up the audio to do the EQ and, and all that. And then I get into editing and editing is basically listening to the flow of your conversation. And like when Steven says something and then you reply and it might be just one word, but I usually have to move it around because there's a delay in Zencaster. The, the software that you use to do the the podcast remotely right? when and Stephen's in Fukuoka and you're, you're in Tokyo, Stephen says something and you have this little word you go like, uh-huh, or yeah, or whatever. I always have to move that just to make sure it's in the right place. And so I'm going through the whole episode with a fine tooth comb and making sure that all of the pauses sound natural, that your language sounds natural, that what I do is I, I'm, I'm listening to like every 10 seconds of the conversation and making sure that that specific 10 seconds sounds as good as it can. And then I go on to the next 10 seconds right? and make sure that both those 10 seconds link together and sound good. And then three hours later, I'm done the whole podcast. Jeez. Okay.
1: Yeah. See, Stephen, that's why I didn't want to be editing any more podcasts. <laughs> Rich, Rich just gave exactly what I, what I remember having to do.
2: Yeah. I think I sent Rich the first episode that I ever edited from our test episodes, and, and his reply was, throw it away, re-record, get better equipment. Yeah. <laughs> you, get it. you sound like you're speaking into the bottom of a 60-gallon drum or something like that. Lots of echo and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing but respect for the work that you do, Rich. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And we did. We went out and got better equipment. I mean, Steven and I both purchased, what are these damn things called? Yetis? Blue Yetis. Although mine's black. Oh, yeah. Mine is black, too. The company's called Blue. Oh, it's called Blue. The mic itself is a Yeti.
2: Oh, it says Blue right there in front of me, upside down. Right. Now I see it.
1: So it's a black Yeti from Blue. Right. Now that we got that straightened out, we can (laughs) move on to the next question, I'm sure. You mentioned that you enjoyed learning new things and having the, the jump on everybody else in terms of being able to listen to it. Any episodes that in particular you thought were fun or interesting or... I don't know, caused you to run out and
0: buy alcohol? Um, the cold, was it black sugar shochu? Kokuto. Kokuto, sorry. The Kokto shochu. Man, I love that stuff. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to buy it anymore. <laughs> I loved it too much. Which, which, uh, which brand do you like? I don't remember. It was, uh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not allowed to look at it anymore. Because I, I really, really liked yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm almost banned from awamori, but if I were banned, <laughs> then I would lose my will to live. Yeah, those are a couple of
2: okay. great drinks from the southern islands here in, in Japan. I understand the the enjoyment of them. The um, I think what I really appreciated early on, Rich, when you agreed to take us on and edit our show, was all of the copious advice that you gave us. I mean, you help us with, you know, you, you talk to us about how to set up our rooms you're constantly giving us feedback on, okay, this time it didn't work. What was different? You know, did you move something or whatever, as far as our, our, I guess our background noise and that sort of thing. And then also you even helped us with like SEO or how to write the show notes and all of this sort of detail. I mean, you're really almost a producer rather than just an editor. And do you do that with all of your shows? So you always you always just get that into the things that you're working on or, or,
0: do you just now love Japanese spirits so much that you've made an exception for us? It depends on the client. If a client wants that, we can, you know, decide how to how to approach that, you know, what my role is going to be. So there are some clients where I take on a bigger role than just editor. And there are some clients where I just edit it, slap on an intro, listen to it all the way through, make sure it sounds good and slap on an outro and I'm done and I send it to them. Okay. So yeah, it depends on the person.
2: But I feel like, uh, so we have a, a Discord server in which we share information and mm-hmm. I let you know when a new episode is, has been recorded and you let us know when it's, the draft is up in the feed for us to listen to and that sort of thing. But you're often just unsolicited throwing uh, YouTube videos or uh, articles or whatever about anything that you think can help improve the podcast. And that just to me is, is such a fantastic
0: level of service that you provide. It's been extremely impressive. Well, I'm happy to do it because I really believe in you guys. I think you guys have a better podcast than I don't know, 80, 90% of other people that are, you know, not professionals. I mean, you're 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 not working for a you know, a podcasting um publishing company. As I, I'm not gonna say amateurs, as you're not hobbyists, as who you are. I think you guys are doing a great job. You're both passionate about what you talk about and you're extremely knowledgeable and you have great voices. One of the things that I'm really glad of is that both of you have very different sounding voices from each other. There are some podcasts where you can't tell who's talking because the two or three guys, or out of the three or four people, there's two people that have exactly the same sounding voice. Mm. You guys have really good uh, anecdotes, stories about, you know, your experiences in Japan. I think people really like that, that people want to feel a connection to you on a personal level. And that's the difference between podcasting and, I don't know, TV or radio or whatever, is that there's a personal connection between you and the listeners. And you're you're both really good at that. I hadn't
2: really thought about it that way, but that makes sense. Go ahead, Christopher.
0: Just to prevent this from
1: turning into too much of a love fest, (laughs) do you have any advice for things that we could do better in season two? Things that we can make sure that we iron out?
0: things that we haven't been completely consistent on maybe in season one? You want to make sure that you have the proper energy level every episode. You don't want to record too late at night when you've had a busy day. There was one episode recently where your energy level was a bit low. Okay. And that kind of worried me because that's something, that's another problem that some people have is that they do a podcast for so long that you can start hearing in their voice that, it just sounds like, oh God, it's Wednesday. I have to record another podcast and they just don't sound excited about it. And you guys don't have that problem uh, except for that one time. Mm.
2: I was exhausted. I remember that. I, I was, it had been an extremely long day and I've, I've gotten into the habit of taking naps and I think I m- missed my nap that day. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were kidding. Um, yeah, but, but I think the next episode after that,
0: uh, I was much more ginky. I think because I told you, you sounded half asleep. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: and I heard myself, and I sounded half asleep. I almost mm-hmm. wanted to re-record that one, but I think we salvaged it. Huh.
1: Okay, Rich, you've helped get a bunch of podcasts off the ground, including ours, and probably people out there. Some of them may be thinking, "Hey, I, I've thought about starting a podcast. Do you have any any advice, any tidbits for them?"
0: Yes. Um, know what you're going to talk about. And stick to the script or stick to the, um, your outline for for the show. You're talking about the Japan by River Cruise guys, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's it's a podcast that's not about River Cruises. Okay. It's, it's a comedy show. It's they're actually quite funny. I'll have to check that out. They do one segment a show on a on a, a River Cruise. It's kind of funny. Hmm. Anyway, I enjoy it. Just wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out. So do you feel like there are things in our first season that maybe were
0: missteps or that we could have done better? You know what? I I think the biggest misstep was my misstep was that there was this episode where you were going to fix yourself a drink and Christopher was telling this story about a trip that he took and it went on for a long time. And I thought, if I cut this out, it's going to sound like something was cut out. And I spend four hours on, on an episode to make it sound like there's been no editing done. So what I decided to do was to make it sound like that you're making this crazy, insane drink by adding sound effects of, you know, construction and chicken and everything. And you're supposed to be making an, <laughs> a, a drink, and it just sounds absolutely insane. But you said you got feedback from your from your listeners about it. Yeah, I mean, we got positive and negative. I mean. I thought it was
2: hilarious. Whenever I listen to that episode, I still start laughing. So do I. I mean, when 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 the big the big like uh, uh, power saws or the chainsaws start up and they, and they cut down a tree and everything, it's just to me, it's it's very very funny. I think it just came so far out of left field from what we normally do. But I I loved that uh, clip myself, and that was just pure joy to me to listen to it. But I can understand why people were thrown off. Uh, and one friend of mine who who had commented on it, he he admitted later that he he was actually just half listening in the car on his way to work. So he was confused. Maybe if he had his full attention on it, he would have gotten it. Yeah, I, I think some people thought that it was a, an editing mistake. Like, there's a lot of
0: feedback in the background while Christopher's telling that story. What's going on? <laughs> oh, oh, they just didn't they just didn't get the humor. They didn't get it. Yeah. Oh wow, that's fascinating. Maybe we should let people hear it again. Uh, on this episode and, and see
2: see if they think differently. Okay. Well I'm the editor. I can play it right now. Oh, cool. I'll try not to giggle. We're usually sipping on something when we're recording this. Are you sipping on something tonight? Yeah, I got I've got a I've got a little glass of Yitsubambashi in front of me right now. I had a feeling you would so I'm gonna go in a different direction. But I've got to make it so bear with me. I'll be right back. Oh no worries. I'll i t- I'll tell a story about
1: um Asahi. Since you mentioned it, I went down there with. It was it was quite fun. It was a, it was essentially a a double date almost. It was me and my better half, and then my my wife's uh, friend from her photography class, who is a, a couple generation or two older than us. And it was we were going back to his essentially his or his his parents' hometown and his grandparents' hometown. And that's Kikai Island, which is one of the small islands off to the east side of the main island in Amami. And there are two distilleries on that island. And it just so happened that this couple really wanted to take us to one of them. And I was like, well, I, I can only imagine I know there are two and I I know the people that work at both. So this should be fun. So we show up and then, of course... Uh, the, our friend was a little disappointed because I already knew the, I knew the kite, K- the kites is the name of the couple that runs the runs the show there, and they they just treated us like gold. The whole community, Kikai Island, is absolutely precious. They came together to. They were so excited to have people who cared about shochu visiting the island that they just, you know, we were always taken care of. We were we were out to dinner. We went to dinner at the. The principal of the local high school's house; half the town came to join. It seemed like it was such a fun time, and Kitei san and the staff at Asahi Distillery were incredibly gracious and incredibly helpful, and took us everywhere. They took us out to their fields where they harvest their own sugarcane. They took us to the the kokuto production facility, which is essentially a, an open air, completely organic uh, facility off next to the side of a bunch of sugarcane fields. And then, of course, we got to see everything happening with the distillation and and the fermentation before. So it was an amazing experience. And I recommend that anybody who has the time when they're down in Amami
2: to scoot on over to Kikai because it's a beautiful area. How's your drink coming along? Oh, good. I finally got it made. And I'm sorry, it took a little longer than I expected. But yeah, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I knew you'd be drinking Ichiban Bashi. And I thought it'd be really, really boring if we were both sipping on the same thing so as you know rich as well as anybody we normally uh talk about whether or not we're sipping on anything so do you happen to have a drink in front of you and might it be awamori
0: yes i do i have the thing that i drink the most while i'm working on the computer and that is kori shochu uh with water and a little bit of uh what zakuro vinegar with zakuro pomegranate a little bit of pomegranate vinegar. That is my homemade chuhai. Oh, no kidding. So, korohi water, and pomegranate
2: vinegar. And ice. Over ice.
0: I'll have to try that. I have simple tastes. Nice.
1: Christopher, how about you? I'm drinking a soba shochu, actually, from Miyazaki, called shogyoku, uh, Shugyoku. Sorry. And it's it's nice, just drinking it. Uh, straight right now because it's only 25% ABV. It's nice and nutty and
2: it's peanut buttery and grainy and I love it. Nice. How about you? I'm I'm also drinking soba shochu. So, I guess we're giving a uh, a hint as to what a future episode might be about. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually drinking a 40% expression also from Miyazaki, uh, which I'd never had a an undiluted soba shochu before. So, I was curious to try that. And I'm actually drinking it twice up, which you'll fully remember from the whiskey... Uh, service styles episode is is fifty fifty, uh, cold water and spirit, and it's it's quite nice. I am not sure this is how I would drink it regularly, but it's a nice way to sort of explore uh, the flavors and aromas by diluting that forty percent down to something a little bit lower. I like how long the soba flavors
1: kind of linger. Cool soba is really good. That's a it's a unsung hero of the honkaku to world, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Is is that one that you are? Drinking now is that a hundred percent soba, or does that use a rice koji fermentation? Do you know? It's a hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, yeah, those are the ones that really grab me. When I've uh, I haven't had a lot of soba shochu, but when I do, the um, the ones that are a hundred percent soba, so you're growing the koji on this on the buckwheat uh, directly, is they're pretty pretty rich, deep, interesting drinks. But we'll save that for that episode. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to? to talk about, Rich, or share with us about our show or about you reflecting over the last year in working with us?
0: Uh, I have learned a lot about spirits. I have always been afraid of the liquor aisle in Japanese supermarkets and liquor stores because there are so many to choose from and I don't know which one to get. Mm. I don't want to get stuck with, with a bottle of something that I don't like because, you know, you're just, what are you going to do with it? Dump it down the drain if you don't like it. There are some things, there are some shochus I like, and there's some some I don't. I'm not a big fan of barley shochus because they taste very earthy. Mm. I've, I've learned from you that I should say that they have an earthy expression instead of saying that they taste like dirt to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate you turning me on to kokuto shochu. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a bummer. We'll try to get you some illicitly so that it's
2: undetected coming into the household. Yes, you can label it as, I don't know, um, water. on my granite vinegar. <laughs> You're nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm always glad to know that we're, you know, helping people out, understanding these drinks a little bit better and hopefully enjoying them as much as we do. And of course, not every one of these Japanese spirits is going to appeal to everyone. So it, it totally makes sense that you found styles you like and styles you don't. But I I guess what I'd like to say just in as we're wrapping up is we're recording this actually the day after Thanksgiving. And I just want to say thank you to both of you for making my dream a reality. The whole process has been fascinating to me and I've really enjoyed working with both of you. Uh, Christopher, you've been an uh, an amazing co-host. Really appreciate all of the energy and insight that you bring. I learn something new every time we record uh, and that comes from you. And Rich, you just... uh, you're a magician. Now you take the raw audio and turn it into something that doesn't kill people. <laughs> <laughs> with with the uh, with our noise that we tend to create while we're recording, Christopher. Any thoughts on your end?
1: Yeah, I I'm glad that I agreed to sign on for this one. This has been a lot better, and I think it's the consistency. I think it's that we've been so dedicated to it, and and we've made sure to publish one of these every second week or every, every other week. And it's been good. We've been able to lay a lot of the foundational information for people who really prefer to get their news from the radio, so to speak. So I'm glad we did this. And it's been yet another fun way to collaborate with you, Stephen. And of course, Rich, thank you so much for preventing me from having
0: to do any editing. i'm happy to do it and i love the fact that i get to learn something new every time i i I edit a new episode well cheers um
1: and i think with that you know closing this out um maybe we'll let rich rich you can have the last word
0: this time you put me on the spot i I really from from the very beginning i really believed in you guys i knew you had what it takes to make a good podcast you've got you've got the chemistry you've got the knowledge you've got the um the enthusiasm about the subject. And those three things are the most important things for a podcast. And you also have good rapport with each other. And that comes over too. So I look forward to keep working with you all. And I'm looking forward to um, hearing what uh, guests you have on your podcast next, next year. Great. We'll definitely be
2: leaning on you for advice on how to get our guests' audio up to speed. (laughs)
1: that's going to be a fun curveball for you rich (laughs)
0: well um yeah you just have to start early you have to um listen to them get their equipment working long before you record the podcast sure yeah and sometimes you even have to send them a microphone if you have the budget for it i'm kidding wow that had actually crossed my mind whether or not we
2: should have maybe a a floating yeti maybe in the u.s and, and one floating around japan
1: that's a good idea Just put a basket on the underbelly of a drone and fly it over to people. Well, if Amazon can do it, you can do it. Very true. That's what I tell myself every morning. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. That is a wrap on season one of the Japan Distilled Podcast. We're very, very grateful to all of you who have taken the time to listen to the show over the past year. And it means more to us than you ever really could imagine, I have to say. Please feel free please don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter or on Instagram. You can, of course, find me at Chris Pellegrini on Twitter and at Christopher Pellegrini on Instagram.
2: And, of course, you can reach out to me at Japan Distilled on both Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up with your thoughts. Love to hear from you. And as Christopher said, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for your feedback. Really appreciate the questions and the comments and the thoughts that are shared uh, regularly. Also, please tune in to our Japan Distilled Show Tuesday every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern and 10 a.m. Wednesday here in Japan. Rich, where can folks find you?
0: Uh, people who want to hear other examples of my work can listen to Uncanny Japan or Soothing Stories podcast or pretty soon there's going to be the Uncanny Robot podcast and the Uncanny Meditations podcast. If people want to get in touch with me, if you're looking for a podcast editor or a podcast producer, uh, how about I put my contact info in the show notes for this episode at japandistilled.com. Sounds great. All right. And with that, we're going to
1: draw the curtains to a close to everyone out there all around the world listening in to another edition of Japan Distilled from all three of us here in Japan, a very hearty and heartfelt kampai. Kanpai. Kanpai. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Distilled Podcast. This has been Christopher Pellegrini with my co-host Stephen Lyman. Our theme song is Begin Anywhere by the very talented Tomoko Miyata. Audio engineering by the incomparable Rich Pav, who also edits the fantastic Uncanny Japan podcast with Teresa Matsuura. Please give that a listen as well if you're interested in Japanese fables and ghost stories.